Hi, everyone. Welcome to Art and Labor. I'm OK Fox. I'm Lucia Love. Um, we're here yeah. and we're, we're here. excited. <laughs> we really want to join the discourse. Um, we're, we're like picking up what everybody's putting down and and y'all are putting down some Legos and we're going to build a nice mind castle for you today. Yeah, I, I really I, I really feel capable of understanding stuff that's going on in the like um like a lot of the left American left thinking right now about like yeah, like prestige TV like Matt Crisman keeps talking about or like Obama's legacy like Asita Nueva keeps talking about. Mhm. It's all coming together. I was <laughs> yeah, I was sort of seeing this like there's there's like a recurrence thing happening right now that is mirrored in the way that we keep rehabilitating franchises and political dynasties. Whoa, like like the remake, the remake or the um reboot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I was thinking like, all right, so everybody's like Obama is prestige TV, but Obama's also the Marvel comics universe. They're, they need both. They, it's a coalition. They need both. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> yes. You guys, you guys, I, I made it through Thanksgiving and I, and I know stuff now. <laughs> yeah. You, you did your normie check-ins and uh, feelers and start to put the theory in, into. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. What What you really need is to eat a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, Thanksgiving sides, so that like all the theory can congeal <laughs> in the in the twilight. Um, the boundaries of concepts dissolve. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I was thinking about superheroes too, um, and how they fit in um, to uh, yeah to like the this this bubble people are talking about. Well, let's. I guess let's put some context on about what we're saying in case people don't follow this. Oh, like, definitely. Thing. <laughs> yeah, for everyone who's not at least tangentially online, there has been an ongoing discussion about the correlation between prestige TV, reality TV, and then the Obama kind of transfer of power to Trump and what it means for us to be like living culturally under those, um, like, entertainment hegemons yeah um so the, the the theory goes that um prestige tv uh is like a sort of propaganda to like um the the liberal bourgeois like uh or the liberal petite bourgeois um meaning like uh it because it's like a subscription service it's talking to a subset of people that um, can can afford that and participate in the like meta commentary culture around that or something right yeah it's also um so there's in the one aspect of it is like there's a subscription uh, like commercial element to it but then there's also the education right aspect so it's like you're a liberally educated person who has a taste for witty commentary on the cultural moment and your education that you also paid for teaches you to enjoy the entertainment that you are subscribing to. Right. Right. 
Um, yes. And then the people who are making the entertainment have also gone through similar education. So it's all a wink, wink, nod, nod to each other. Like, we all are, have degrees here. Exactly. Exactly. So so you get this type of schlock. And I and I do think it's schlock. But um, like, <laughs> like, say, the new Watchmen, where it's like a woke uh, reboot of... Uh, of Watchmen, which is which is like, um, you know, uh, Al- the original comic is like Alan Moore, who's like an anarchist, who yeah, wrote right. it as like a, a, a critique of authority. Um, then it gets transformed into um, a, a, a Zack Snyder version that that changes a lot uh, of context. Like it's. Well, authority is really into critiquing itself now, <laughs> right? And then, and then the newest one is like David Lindelof's Watchmen, which is like, uh, it 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 takes it takes the the characters of Watchmen, but tells its own story about like um, uh, um like American history and like its like her- horrendous treatment of black people, but then. Um, of course, has to have this like um, commentary about like black police and like how maybe that's some oh, sort of God. savior. And, and and the writers' room, by the way, also had a black police officer in the writers' room. It's like it's like, hey, what if representation really is what it's all about? <laughs> exactly. Let's explore that through a format that only allows representation to act. <laughs> right. So let's create this, yeah, let's use this um, now, like, popular superhero franchise that we've diluted of all, like, radical character um, and use that to tell a story uh, or to, to, to construct a world where it's possible for representation to be the like be all end all of like transforming how power works or something like that. Well, I, I find it interesting like that you bring up the, the idea of like transforming power. Mm. Uh, Cause I was, I was doing a little refresher on the discourse around prestige tv and just like the you know the people who identify the like top hbo shows um or like the people who are talking about succession um discuss this way of like uh chronicling the end of history by making a narrative where power never actually transforms it's only like squabbled over sort of like endlessly like game of thrones yes 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 where where they like the this idea of like oh you're laughing about the idea of democracy while then instating someone who is just a scion of a of a you know power group that is well entrenched that's why watchmen is fantasy and secession is like based on like secession is like based on it's like some real greedy comedy, man. It's like all these billionaires, you know, what are they going to do with their consequence free right, lives? Right. Um, but I mean, even more to the point is like the sort of, uh, um, Netflix, uh, like, uh, wa- washing of like the Obama, uh, presidency that's happening. 
Yes. Well, it's funny because it's like, it's the Netflixification of something, but it's also like Obama's constant efforts to self-narrativize. Oh my God. Yes. Always a new autobiography. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This one is like his third autobiography or something, and it's going to be a two-parter. Oh my God. And yeah, I broke my brain about this stuff. Like, even even before um like like it kind of in tandem like it was it's i think it's in the zeitgeist right now um but yeah like uh i keep i keep breaking my brain thinking about like um the the ways that like netflix not only is like doing this sort of neoliberal propaganda but also like um and the same swoop like uh breaking breaking up like uh different like union standards in hollywood <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> um and and so i was definitely like breaking my brain there and then i also started breaking my brain uh going re- revisiting in defense of poor image um by hito he- yeah it was, it was pretty interesting also going back to that piece and thinking of the way like well, yeah, I, I'm interested in to hear what you think the poor image um, can be applied now, to right? In this. Yeah, because I, I definitely I pulled a quote that I thought was really like apropos. That's yeah, you're you're kind of hitting the nail on the head for me too, because I'm like, this was written in in 2011, um, and it's a it's a it's a different digital landscape now than it was then. But yeah, but it's also, oh my God, I'm so excited. Okay. So it's like, it's like 2011, um, was already this sort of we're we're within the Obama presidency and we're seeing a few years of it, like transform the way that we're experiencing, um, a democratic leadership, um, interfacing with the media where like Obama was one of the, um, like, you know, he, he was like one of the first, I guess, people to just hit like every single uh, late night yeah. uh, show. You know, it's like he was um, he he was like the first president on Jay Leno. Like, that's so crazy to think about like that. That was there. There was like a divide there. and And then he even broke it even further by doing, you know, like. Um, do, between do, do two ferns and yes <laughs> and and i i really um i really think that's interesting because at the same time like um because i so i really like jack allison's stuff he's been on the show um and jack allison was working for he should write a fucking book about this shit it's like really interesting <laughs> but he was working for funny or die and he was he helped or he didn't he didn't um they didn't like get the contract uh between two ferns did but like at the time the obama administration was shopping this idea to both funny or die and between two ferns and so the they the like they were taking like pitches like comedy pitches about the aca and like and jack was talking about he like wrote a tweet about this where he was saying that um you know i couldn't I was a freelancer for funny or die, which, you know, was like this whole, like one of these union busting new media companies that were like very prevalent at the time. And, uh, you know, couldn't afford 
healthcare. The employer wasn't giving him healthcare, and he was. Then, Isn't it like Will Ferrell's? Yes, yes, endeavor? yes, yeah. and um, it's all you know based on this like new online frontier where you could have these digital shorts. Um, and it literally is funny or die, meaning like if you're not funny, You'll, you will you don't get paid and there are no protections. Yeah, yeah we <laughs> talked about this when, when Joe Hartzler was on about the SAG stuff too. But yeah, there's these like minimums yeah. where on uh, when you're online, that doesn't uh, apply. And um, and so, yeah, Jack was talking about how it, he couldn't – he was promo- helping to promote this program to other young people like him who then like couldn't even afford the premiums even if – they did even though they did need healthcare you know mm-hmm. um you're just like stuck in this loop and yeah and sorry going back to what you're saying like it's it's weird to think about like that o- obama is started using media in this very cunning way uh yeah and it's so it's like it's like he's he's sort of like crafting himself as a celebrity within the white house at this point when um like Hito Steril is writing about the poor image and at you know rereading this essay made me think that it was a precursor to the way we're experiencing the dialectic between like Trump's representation of reality TV like in opposition to Obama's prestige status. Yes, I think they are using utilizing the poor image and um it's it's um it's it's they're winning it's 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 helping the far right um and yeah. uh i yeah i think that i you know when i first read this it i read it when i was in college i read it in like 2012 or 2011 and um at the time i remember like reading or like learning about um the digital divide the concept that um there there was like you know millions and millions of and billions of people who didn't have access to the internet at all or like in the same way and yet we're talking about it as it's like this new frontier of democracy and like everyone is going to be educated and it's like (laughs) no no not a force of liberation just a force of technocracy yep um and and so i think like it's uh in defense of poor image has this certain like Yes, look, the internet is reaching all of these, like the people are able to torrent, and even though it's in a small bit rate, that because of their infrastructure, they're getting the info at all, and 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 that's and and it's good, and like, um, and of yeah, uh, mm. and I yeah. Can I read? Can I read a quote from the? the I don't know. I I just want to. Yes. I want to pop yes. this in here. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Poor images are thus popular images, images that can be made and seen by the many. They express all the contradictions of the contemporary crowd, its opportunism, narcissism, desire for autonomy and creation, its inability to focus or make up its mind, its constant readiness for transgression and simultaneous submission. Altogether, poor images present a snapshot of the affective condition of the crowd, its neuroses, paranoia, and fear, as well as its craving for intensity, fun, and distraction. The condition of the images speaks not only of the countless transfers and reformattings, but also of the countless people who cared enough about them to convert them over and over again to add subtitles, re-edit, 
or upload. Yes. Um, so what, yeah, what she's, yeah, what she's saying there, uh, yeah, describes this like kind of, it's like, it's kind of a more like utopian way of looking at like information dissemination and a lot of like kind of new media types had this attitude, especially during the Obama administration. Um, yeah, but it's sort of, it's like talking about this, um, like Hito explains the poor image as something that has also been like abused or mutilated mm -hmm. sort of. It's like, it's um, like she goes on to talk about it being stripped of the, of, of the content or, you know, like of the DPI so that, um, you know, as, as an image becomes compressed, it can travel more quickly. Right. And it just made me think of the way that, like Trump gave us this image of a of a thuggish uh leader that never um allows anyone to know what is actually going to be happening because it's all like spur of the moment like this is what we're doing right now right what there's no problem because everything is better and it's all happening very fast and we just made a decision. When, when the when the right and, use this, we uses this. We get QAnon. That is what we get, and we get and we get yeah. like the uh, the tyranny of of the Facebook like uh, meme as information, <laughs> um, and yeah. and and that and so that becomes like suddenly like holy shit! There's millions of abused children, and the government's doing nothing. We have to go out now. <laughs> yeah, they're not only abused, they're right, missing. Right. They're hiding somewhere. They're in we the We got to do something right now. We have to go out right now. And yeah. Yeah, where we go one, we go all cuz the storm is coming <laughs> and we're digital soldiers, guys. Make those memes. Exactly. And 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 and, I, and you know, Heath Australia in during the Obama administration was talking about this like these digital soldiers, these like art student gorillas and stuff. Um uh, it, it, that that shit lost. That shit lost big time. Yeah. Well, it's it's the sort of like um the I think going back to Matt Chrisman's work, he's done a really uh, a right a right nice job of describing the way um subjectivity destroys any possibility of like really politicizing mm -hmm. culture. And, you know, because it's like, oh, well, we have all of this huge industry of, um, you know, what kind of op-ed goes to what kind of person. And there's a conservative figurehead that'll just go like, well, you know, this brand new TV show is really destroying our family values. And then some liberal will be like, this TV show is great because a woman is the lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and it's like all right, so we're just seeing what we want to see in everything and ultimately losing out in the the in the artistic sphere because we're not seeing that there is a like a a wide plethora of of possible readings for everything that we're experiencing because it's culture. Right. And, and and there's also an aspect of the um absorption into the spectacle like it, I I think that you know society of the spectacle does really play in here um in the in the in the sense of like the um the 
reality of so, like that that there are so many people um who went to school whose job it, they want to be to create this stuff and how easily those people are absorbed by um jobs from uh these places like Netflix, HBO, whatever to then sell the most um vapid bullshit uh, <laughs> yeah I mean, no and it's so interesting too it i don't know it's just making me think of like like the egress between um hollywood and the political sphere that was it's it's like all right so we have all of this infrastructure to create this monolithic um entertainment uh sphere mm -hmm it's all encapsulating and then we have um this trend that develops with reagan going from of course he was like an actor whatever but he was also like the president of the screen actors right. guild before he became the president right. and it's just and it's just like we set this precedent with kind of the acknowledgement that one of our greatest exports as Americans has been this uh, creation of the spectacle and this sort of like, um, yeah, just, just the crafting of, of Hollywood as a, as a lifestyle and as a, as a economic yes, force. And, and, yes. As a lot. Yeah. And, and the Obama administration again is so cunning about this to get, to you know to get Suzanne Rice on the board of Netflix and to yeah. um utilize that that to to knowingly like these Chicago boys knowingly um make make um neoliberal propaganda like in in it comes out in 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 different ways all the time and i think the most um the e like the easiest example of this is queer eye um and oh, in particular this um controversy that just happened a couple days ago with um Jonathan Van Ness who is the non-binary one with the hair um <laughs> <laughs> good <description>. <laughs> <laughs> um doing a Uber Eats ad and then um getting criticism for it and then um, you know, uh, responding to the to the criticism in this way that was like classic. God, uh, uh, the uh, so JVN says like this was a national campaign to bring a non non binary person into the homes of people all over the country. That's visibly a child me who could have really used along uh, with the rest of my platform I'm using to advocate for a myriad of issues from racial equality to improving HIV social safety net to ach achieving LGBTQ equality. If you followed my career, you would know that considering I don't live in California, no, nor could I have voted on Prop 22 and that I didn't do an ad for Uber car service, uh, your request doesn't make sense unless you're willing to pay my staff of all women who all have retirement <laughs> funds paid time off platinum insurance you can get off my fucking back jesus <laughs> like, christ that's so it's like, hardcore okay, uber eats and uber are the same fucking company <laughs> for one thing. yeah but it's also like you know 
it's the it's it is it is their show like in a, in a perfect encapsulation you know putting a a kinder gentler face on on cops the, to promote a, a, an idea that like societal problems are personal failings like it's all connected to this is where my like um pins and string uh thing <laughs> my follow my mm-hmm. follow the money mm-hmm. stuff as we talk as we refer to it on on the show when we get when we get oh, this of way, course is like you know um o- obama's ties to netflix and then uber's ties to kamala's family like it's all so blatant. oh it's of course. all so blatant. i mean and this was the sort of thing that while when i was more of a poster i was like oh here's yet <laughs> another example of the way that our politicians have become hr for corporate america it is it absolutely is and like in in, in our um our Obama or no, our, our, what was it? Our, our Biden victory speech episode where it is, mm-hmm. it's a big commercial. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, Hey, we're going back to that prestige baby. Can't wait to just reboot the franchise. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and it's, it's interesting. Cause it, like you're talking about queer. eye, um, and I think, one you know it's very telling that all of these things also they they get a major um they get flagged for for issues with uh like everything that they're presenting because they end up siding with a you know whoever is funding them but it was like in 2018 when everybody was starting to realize that this is an extremely classist yeah. show <laughs> that it's just like Oh, you see, um, we we all have this impeccable taste, and you're just schlubby, and you live in a trailer park, and we're gonna just be really, really uh, weird. Also, it's, about it's just a, the way it's that a we stimulus. Set up. Like, it's just money. They're just giving them money, right? But they they had the same issue, I think, as um, Oprah mm-hmm. when she was like, everybody gets a car, and then it and then it messes up. Uh, property values exactly. and then it messes up your taxes and it's like well you didn't change anything fundamentally about the structure of my life you just gave me a something to to pay for that i can't yeah, yeah you're for. hitting on a really good point that um there's a citations needed episode about with the like tlc home improvement type shows that are that's oh di- yeah directly happening there but yeah and, you know and with netflix it's not just queer eye you know there's like you know Chicago Seven, Hillbilly Elegy, both coming out, both yes. like these major Oscar bait, both explicit. Um, you know, in, in the case of Chicago Seven, just like um, a historical. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, I watched the I watched the trial of the Chicago Seven because <laughs> yeah, I had to no, know. Yeah. I had to see it. It was it was so um, it was so just quippy, just real quippy, but real real tight and and real um like everyone was just a little signifier of themselves god yeah of course um yeah it's it, i've I, I don't even want to watch it but <laughs> it's <laughs> i don't know it it does it does do all of the entertainment things which i found kind of disconcerting i was like Oh, there's something about the pacing of the dialogue. I'm relating to it. I'm getting into it. It's ahistorical, <laughs> and it bothers me that anyone who doesn't know anything about this case would just think that this is right. what happened. But I'm also like enjoying how 
how fast everybody is getting in each other's faces. Yeah, I mean, a court drama is fun. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, hey, it's only offensive if you know anything about history and everybody keeps saying that history yeah, is over. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Oh, my fucking God. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, 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 yeah, fuck. It's just so... <laughs> It just makes you lose my fucking mind. Um. Yeah, it's it's cool because, you know, we're talking about how conspiracy theories can be bred in this sort of media atmosphere, but also, like, it, it can make a completely sane person question exactly what they've experienced even like through the history that they've been living when you yes. see somebody get yes. up and it's yeah, gaslighting it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah it's almost like that thing is real but it's so pervasive that we need another term for <laughs> yes. it yes oh my fucking god yeah you're right it is it is because it's it's different and it starts to affect yeah it starts to affect like <laughs> conversations with like regular people i feel like <laughs> like i can't like it's like you're a crank and I'm like well I'm I'm right though (laughs) and they're like what is right but like why are you trying so hard to make a stable reality we're just in flow state now yeah and and capitalist realism comes into play here um, for sure Um, because it's like yeah I'm a crank because I believe in something better um and I, I just want it to happen so bad, but of course I have no control over it. I'm one person. Um, but in the right. meantime, I, I, I do want to keep harping on this, like this notion that like things are people's like individual failures is, is designed to kill us. And, I I don't think can even hold up, but like, you know, we see Cuomo right now, like, um, mask off about it. Like, I think we've, you know, been very, uh, uh, what's it like dog sensed, uh, like, like quick to, to notice when he would, he would slip these, um, these little quips in here and there about like oh sure where he's just like oh uh well you know it really is your fault if you like are getting sick because you know you left the house and decided to do things the wrong way yeah and and that started to get to me especially as like you know covid has started to hit my inner family directly uh where i'm like I thought everybody knew. I thought everybody knew what was going on here, but of course it's like it doesn't, well, it matter. doesn't matter if you know or not <laughs> though. It's like, you know, I've I also have close friends who know perfectly well about everything you're supposed to be doing and still catch it because it's an infectious disease. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's like the they're, you know, the um the state authorities are saying like, well, here if you follow these protocols, protocols it's safe you can go and do these things that you like are desperate to do because like we're basically all prisoners of an, of our homes and yeah which makes all of this media criticism yeah. even more kind of uh i don't it's interesting <laughs> i don't know what else we can it's like oh god all we're doing is plugging into these different shows now 
And then going to our essential jobs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and not even essential jobs because there's just no relief for everything else. And like um, the, the relief expired and, uh, and they're letting it expire even more. Like um, evictions are starting. There was an eviction in New York city, which is like kind of the stronghold of the housing movement. And if there's, evictions that are going to be starting happening here everywhere else is just going to get worse everywhere else of course evictions have been happening but um yeah if we if we can't find out find a way to um do everything we did in march again right well i think it i think it's interesting also oh god i think everything is so interesting <laughs> what is this tick I, yeah, I'm trying to be a pundit right now. Well, that is quite interesting that you bring this up. Um, just to piggyback off of what you're saying about, like, you know, we're we're in a position now where there's going to be mass evictions nationally if we don't figure out what to do, like transitioning out of a moratorium. There's also just such a, like, rampant unemployment and everything has to maintained its terrible status, even though there was a little a bump of hope when everyone celebrated in the streets. And it's like, uh, you know, Biden doesn't necessarily have any sort of uh, contingency plan for this. Uh, so we're just sort of in this limbo place. But what I think is doubling back down to Obama, um, it's like the way that he was talking about poverty and just you know or being like working class or being like lower middle class or he you know he was like he would he would consistently interchange all of these terms to say hey if you're not rich that's okay uh we're just gonna like let you stay off tv about it because my <laughs> real issue is that we're portraying um poverty in a certain kind of way that makes you feel bad Hillbilly about allergy. it but that's yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's just like, oh, well, great. So now we can go back to just like suffering in dignity instead of like <laughs> being feeling like we we don't have enough um we don't have as many hamburgers as the orange man. Like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at least the orange man was like a clear foil where we can point and be like, isn't it insane he has all these hamburgers and you have no hamburgers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's almost like there's something going on here. <laughs> It really is. It's a cabal. It's the globalist conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the frogs. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, and it's why I'm like so, um, uh, what's the word, like open to the Chinese propaganda right now because uh, <laughs> I feel so exhausted in um, national politics that I'm just looking to global oh, stage to do anything well that's that's very fourth international it is you. you know <laughs> yeah that's very like oh we're gonna get the band together i can tell i just i'm like yeah i i feel like you know um my own i'm my own little person i can't do anything by myself but it, the idea like tricking myself into thinking that there there could be a, a possibility of of an international solidarity movement um, makes me feel better. <laughs> oh, absolutely. 
Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's better. It's, it's better than uh, becoming a nihilist. I'm not going to, cause I'm, I'm not going to, I I've tried it before. <laughs> yeah. Solidarity is just the mention of it is making me think about, um, the reading group that we started back up for, um, constructing mm-hmm. real. Uh, so here's an yeah. announcement. Uh, the reading group started back up again, and uh, Comrade Commissar Ariana has uh, been leading, begun leading us through Caliban and the Witch. Um, and there's this discussion in the first couple of chapters about uh, the working class of feudal times being in solidarity with each other across gendered lines before these key issues of uh like legal frameworks yeah kind of in it wedged themselves into the relationships like in a very um pointed way that i was thinking it's kind of a good metaphor for the way that like biopower operates on everybody and and how it's like oh so it looks like you know all of all of this working class is able to strike as a block in feudal times because they still have connection to the land and connection to each other. And you can see, um, you know, the way that they're able to organize with themselves because we don't, as a ruling class, have any way to affect their uh, positioning because they're just out in the land. So they can all like, congregate and then march into wherever our castle is stationed and just like uh surround us like what do we do about that oh we're going to legalize um assault against women right and i just think of that as like a analogy for um any sort of othering of you know it's like oh well you you know you're thinking it might be interesting to find out what uh connecting with the chinese communist party could be like well you know <laughs> they all eat babies <laughs> right right that and that's so funny like because um yeah i caliban and the witch revisiting that is is great and people should jump into constructing the real immediately because <laughs> you're, you're, you're already to. you're already behind you're already behind one one session well well we can we can also just have another round because it's such a popular book <laughs> Um, uh, but it also, I, I, you know, rereading in defense of poor image. Um, I also revisited, um, imperfect cinema, which is referenced in it. And I, Oh yeah. And I revisited some Chris marker, um, which is referenced in it and the, the Chris marker. Um, I actually never seen this, um, the last Bolshevik and, um, it's a, it's a biography of, um, uh, a particular Soviet filmmaker whose name I will butcher. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, it, it, it talks about the climate of the Soviet Union in general in, in regards to film. And like, I think um, his name is Medvedkin. Medvedkin. And, and he, he had this, he had this particular cine, like kind of cinema for the people like campaign where he like um, put, a film laboratory on a train. He was like going from place to place, like visiting the farmers. Yeah. And, um, and he was like constantly in limbo 
as far as like having favor with Stalin or not. Mm -hmm. Um, and like my, my takeaway of it was like its own form of like Stalinist realism at the time, um, where like, um, he, he did, you know, uh, propaganda against the, the culottes, uh, the, uh, individual farmers, um, because Stalin, you know, wanted to collectivize at all costs. Like he, he wanted to industrialize rapidly, um, uh, in order to compete at, at an international stage more effectively or whatever. Um, and of course, like in the film talks about, uh, Bukharin and the, uh, hit the trial against him, um, and, and had some clips from it. And, and I loved this documentary because it like, you know, it, it collaged and montaged like all, all these like different ways of, of thinking at the time um, coming, you know, from the, the left communist critiques of Stalin and like, um, uh, it, like how the films themselves would be e- edited and yeah. like, you know, yeah, he was uh, kind of, he, yeah, he was kind of interesting. Like I know about the film happiness that Medvedkin yeah, did, but that's the cool, that's the one where, uh, like, a culotte is like killed at yeah. the end. Yeah, but the thing, the thing that um, is sort of it's it's in kind of a meditation on like how um, how collectivization can happen in relationship to all of this Russian folklore. So it's not it's not necessarily like oh I'm extremely into moving forward. It's like. Well, wow, look at all of the pitfalls that we're experiencing yes. as a culture. Yes, and because of that even nuanced criticism, he was his films were constantly being like um banned or altered, but he wasn't killed himself uh immediately. Um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh his he was still allowed to make films and and but just some, some of them wouldn't get released properly or released at all. And this was sort of interestingly Oh yeah, fucking interesting. This was <laughs> this really prefaced Stalin's uh like height of of re- time of repression. You know, this yes. was like pre World War Two. Yeah, exactly. And 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 so the going back to the trial of of Bukharin, um, I thought it was so interesting because you know Bukharin was like you know this is uh military feudal exploitation and um and then he was painted as a of a spy for the United States and like in, in, um, in like happiness or these other movies, like, you know, he was portrayed as like this guy was like, Oh, the, the tractors keep breaking down. Why don't you use you, uh, an American tractor? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and in the trial, like they bring up like the, the, the KKK and like the, the deep, the most fucked up parts of the United States and how he's in line with the most fucked up parts of the United States. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) And it's like, that's brilliant. (laughs) Like it's um, that reminds me of an inverse of something that I uh, was picking up on uh, from watching the queen's gambit. Oh yeah. Do tell. All right. So (laughs) the queen's gambit, Netflix series totally in this prestige like high production bracket and they have 
you know, it's so it's all about chess and Russians are extremely good chess players. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in the 60s, when this is taking place, it's like they're completely dominating the circuit. And there's these little moments where, like you're saying in Russia, they're talking about American KKK. And in this show, they're like, yeah, Russians are getting paid to play chess and we're just these uh, scrappy Americans who are like orphans. We don't even have homes. Like we're just, <laughs> but we're, we're like doing the game and we're not even feeding ourselves. We're just living off of drugs, but somehow we're going to be the best. <laughs> and she's really well received in Russia. And uh, I, I, what I liked about, I mean, sorry, spoilers for the end. Oh, of the, sorry, everybody. <laughs> spoilers for the end of Queen's Gambit, but like, she's really well received. And I like how she, um, completely spurns the CIA guy and just like goes and plays chess with the, all the Russian old people. Yes. <laughs> hey, but it's for the love of the game. That's what's really going to unite that's what us. It's all, that's what it's all about is for the love of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's definitely, there's some, there's some cutting probably in the source book material. There's some like more cutting critiques of the United States in it. Um, oh, sure. I, I think it's, it's fun though. Surprising. <laughs> no, it is. No, it's surprising that it, um, it's on Netflix and I don't know what it's propagandizing to me what, by doing that, but um. Hey, it's just entertainment. <laughs> this is the thing. Pro- right. Everyone is trying to see propaganda in entertainment, but it's actually just stories about people doing things. <laughs> <laughs> Turn your paranoiac lens off and you will actually just see people going around having relationships. I refuse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, that's sort of like, that sort of, I I, I sympathize with Comrade Stalin sometimes and, you know, Oh, careful. Um, <laughs> You're going to get I, so canceled. Say, saying this as like the descendant of Russian Jews who had to fled Stal- flee Stalin. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, to to want to get to that, like, uh, industrialization at all costs. Like, I'm not necessarily sympathizing with Stalin, but like the people who were stuck in it, trying to just make it work desperately, including, you know, this one filmmaker who... I think was forced to abandon his critique by like, you know, the, the central authority by the bureaucrats. Yeah. Um, but that's it. Yeah. I have a little more understanding of the way that Stalin tried to industrialize as opposed to Mao, because there was so many circumstances of, uh, you know, the famine that were not in anyone's personal control. And it was sort of like the handling of it. And yeah. then there was also a lot of uh, like horrendous bigotry going on. Yeah. And if they had a- allowed like more, um, you know, uh, people who were like, you know, f- good comrades, like firm communists, like uh, to have these critiques and adjust, maybe they could have fucking done a better job. Yeah. Instead, they became. Um, like complete completely sanitized by the end of their careers to make these direct stalinist propaganda films that no longer were about um Im- improving the policy or the people or any of it right and then and then you hit another point where under well under those circumstances it was like 
make the propaganda or perish and be wiped right. away from all like no trace of you right and is remain. it really is it really that different here right now with yes like these it really folks? is different yes it really <laughs> is actually no one is going to uh no one well not yet anyway nobody is not is yet. killing netflix producers <laughs> I uh, look. That's all I'm saying is like the. You're the, just saying not yet. <laughs> I'm saying not yet, but I'm also saying like you know the like take the check or starve sh- situation. Oh, absolutely, there is no yeah. safety net. That's all I'm saying. I'm not yeah, saying it's a neoliberal like, version. Yes, of, like it, you can it, try your hand outside sure. of the safety of our yeah. budgets. The result is the same: death, homelessness. Right, it's the same. Like. It's it's more roundabout, or you have more chances, or something at the fucking slot machine. But yeah, <laughs> your odds are still really fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, and this is kind of so there. So there's some correlation between the uh, the repressive regime ushering in the end of history as as the sort of. Um, like a, a bludgeon to separate people from their understanding of progress or their understanding of like achieving a new civil liberty. Tempering that desperately. Yeah. Um, and that's there the, you have it. Yes. <sighs> Woo. Another fucking banger up. We did it. <laughs> yeah. We figured out the world, everybody. <laughs> We have we can't do fucking shit about it. Yeah, but we can <laughs> see it and we can enjoy shows for what they are. Uh, yeah, I mean, because we went yeah. to college. Yeah, we're, because we went to we're college. sick neoliberal subjects. Yeah, I mean, I wish I um, was less cowardly to like go work in an Amazon warehouse right now, and you know, in in all these, I, it's these fucking conditions are so horrible and and when you see how horrible they are it discourages people who who do have that understanding from you know going to then organize these workplaces oh uh, yeah but uh speaking of amazon warehouses there uh, is some good stuff happening yeah uh like very excited for the amazon warehouse workers in alabama who filed uh to hold their unionization vote amazing it's like super super i actually did i was very excited it's like don't ever quit just I know, and I want, and I, I'm like, I, I'm like, I should be, I should be. You want to be there? More. I should be doing more. I'm like, I, I'm, you know, if I, I should get out on the fucking factory floor. I should be organizing people. Like, I just feel like I'm not doing enough constantly, um, because I'm, you know, uh, an unemployed layabout. But it's so exciting. It really is. Yeah. Um, and there's also a ma- major solidarity happening between, um like uh, Amazon workers in Germany and the Philippines as well. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Fucking tight. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm still I'm still into the idea that everyone could be supporting Amazon workers out, even if you're not on the factory floor. Like, it, 
I'm still in. I'm still into like why you know make a strike fund for Amazon workers. No, absolutely. There needs like, to be more like because that's that's one of the routes that you could theoretically have a strong international um, coalition build. You know, and I like, do. I do see like Christopher Smalls, the the guy we've talked about on here before, who um, successfully did a wildcat in in here in New York and then was um, fired. Right. Right. Um, he's become a pretty good spokesperson at least. And, um, yeah, I do see him appearing more on places. Um, but, oh, I just wanted to read this, um, Amazon workers to stage coordinated Black Friday protests in 15 countries. That's international coordination, uh, that brings me hope. It brings me hope. And that's keep prevents me from being a fucking nihilist, um, or a fucking social fascist, uh, uh, meaning a nationalist. Um, but um, the day of action includes strikes and protests from garment manufacturers in Bangladesh to call center workers in the Philippines to warehouse workers in the US, Europe, and Mexico. So like, dope. That, that fucking rocks. That's, yeah. the, that's the path forward. That's the fucking path forward. Not all of this, like, how do we, how do we uh, tailor our message to be more like Trump and uh but then somehow pivot left later or or like whatever the fuck people are on about or whatever the social democrats or democratic socialists are on about yeah right well i think they're only missing <laughs> they're missing the the direction of that effort is to understand why this messaging is working in the first place and what people are upset about exactly yeah and then to continue on your work <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in, instead they want to like, you know, continue pursuing the same like failed uh, electoral strategies, but maybe like this time we try red team instead of blue team of capitalism and see if that produces different results. Right. And and really, it's all it's all the same results, but I think it's just about what people are allowed um, socially under each party because we've right, been taught right. to expect so little that it's really more like do you want to go to back to respectability politics because the democrats are about to make it so that any complaint you make seems like an affront and you you know it's like yeah don't boo vote oh god we're yeah. we're, we're back in that now well, that yeah, yeah. That's it's a. To, all I'm saying is, it's a false dichotomy, and like, well, and, absolutely. And, well, but the, yeah. the the only dichotomy that is still uh, cohesive is you get don't boo vote versus screw the elites. They're taxing yeah. you. Yeah. Right. 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 So you need to you need to build out of of the you need to build out another strategy that's completely separate. Yeah, well and this is and this is sort of like the 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 really languid stage of the end of progress is like we're taught that there's not a possibility to conceive of a platform that you um you fill with content that will affect the future because we're we're like oh the future is actually just going to be a sheet of lava destroying everything. So now we're stuck in like who we're going to side with to make us feel less guilt about the inevitability of the planet's destruction or whether or not we believe this is a thing. And, you know, it could be like, actually we still have the potential to change our outcome. 
And right. here's how. Right, right. And yeah, and in in these platforms they 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 do mean something and and I uh, that it, like yeah, influence is like a sticky subject, but um it's real. I mean, look at this discourse we just constructed over this hour. Like it's built on um existing left media American left media discourses. Like this is like a thing. <laughs> yeah, that we're and all it, working out together. Yeah, it's it's a mass collective psychoanalysis that keeps getting manipulated by new inputs and we're sort of towing the line now between thinking that this analysis is praxis but you know not trying to say that but trying to say that there's something yeah there's something to um you know uh criticism i think that's been a a, a regular topic of this show since like episode one where mm-hmm. we're like critiquing mm-hmm. the um black mask and uh, uh art worker coalition why didn't well, it we'll stick just it all why didn't it fucking stick it was what happened to them fault. they, they could have done it and they didn't they're just selling they didn't fucking do it and now we have to fucking do it and we can't do it yeah but it's not our fault it's their fault <laughs> they're the adults in the room Lucia, it's the people's fault Oh, right. It's everyone's fault. If we could all just feel bad enough, then we could change. <laughs> no, and it's not it's not about flagellation, of course. It's just it's 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 about strategy. I really believe it's like it's all all of these strategies like taking in the criticism instead of um instead of, you know, uh uh just uh i don't know like having a, a singular mind about it and and uh, yeah but i think yeah i mean we we keep redefining what like hegelian dialectics means to us but it it is isn't that the of, point isn't that the yeah, point? yeah yeah it is kind of the point <laughs> Oh my god, I was like really depressed and I was reading Hegel and I was like, this is a terrible idea. Yeah, you gotta like, I don't know, get a coloring book or something. I really do. Yeah, I mean, go garden. I know, I gotta, I, I should, I should bring in my, um, I brought in some of my plants, um, but there's some like in, indoor gardening I need to be doing and, and Need to go back to to baking and stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Just gotta you gotta put something out there, folks, for yourselves to do that just is like not about um, being a Marxist. It's, you can't. <laughs> you gotta do something that's like, oh, hey, cool. I just like knit a scarf. It's I mean, you ca- can put yeah. a hammer and sickle on it if you want, but like, just do just. Gotta take a break sometimes. Especially stuck indoors like so so much. Like really, really what has kept me sane is like is uh, I'll say it a million times, working with my tenants union, like helping to distribute food and and resources to people struggling and then, you know, helping with eviction defense and like things that like we're we're going to need better um better in like 
you know, it sucks. Like mutual aid sucks to have to do. Like I'm not like, because it's like so much fucking work that you, you do. It never ends. And it never ends. Um, and there's no support um, for, for it. It's all stuff that we have to do because we're next and then we'll need the aid next, you know? Um, yeah. But that's, I was, thinking, that's I was thinking about the way that all of these movements interlock and I was like, well, oh, what's going on with painters? Uh, and uh, I, I found some interesting information for everybody who's an artist and feeling bad about it. <laughs> um, so in the I Want to Believe book, the Posadas story, uh, there, there's another mention of art um, where at one point, like Posadas has, has like fled Argentina, has become wanted in like, you know, four different countries <laughs> is like going through Italy is like going up to Paris and then makes friends with all of these painters and like, uh, like Victor Vassarelli was one of them, which is kind of <laughs> interesting. Like I wrote a paper about Victor Vassarelli and had no idea from that side of the story that he was like involved at all with any communists because he was just an op artist, which is like this abstract patterned 60s psychedelic right, right, movement. Yeah, yeah. And um, it turns out he like uh, donated a bunch of paintings to the fourth international to like raise all this money for Trotskyist revolution. And I was like, Oh hell yeah. <laughs> Artists for the win, you know, coming in. If you're like feeling bad about being in the studio, just make sure you help fund the revolution. <laughs> well, let's, let's figure out. I don't know. Maybe there's a way we could figure out it, how to connect with strike funds or something. I, that's all I'm saying. Anybody want to actually like direct me to how to uh, get something like that going? Like I'm, I'm just I'm a huge proponent. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 um maybe we'll reach out to a whole worker or something and and get an update on that stuff. Totally. Yeah. I also I saw Andy who wrote that book and I got my own copy and so I'm I'm gonna try to catch oh, up. Oh well, and look read at it. you. Yeah, he he also does some um like food distribution work in the neighborhood. Uh, nice so uh yeah did you, did you say that i love the book i and did I'm, and, and that deeply deeply <laughs> yes, i did He's, I, I think he'll come on the show i just <gasps> i want to read it first oh god oh <laughs> uh, that's all i want yeah well yeah and, and antifada has been great too also during yeah. all this stuff they're great episodes that, um that he he uh, is one of the hosts on um, beautiful but yeah, um, great up. What any uh, closing thoughts? Oh no. no, I think we nailed it. <laughs> um, another banger in the tank. Thanks everyone. Support us on Patreon if you like our show. Um, where you know, figuring it out. We know we know there's like a couple of hundred of you, if not thousands, at this point, which is pretty neat that it's grown this big. Um. Thanks for this. That's support. crazy. Yeah, I know. We we you guys are wild. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, love you. Thank you. Uh, and let's have fun. Yeah, let's have fun. Let's have fun. Lots of fun. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Lots of fun.
lot of fun. <laughs>